Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website, one that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Website Coach Podcast. This week, I'm delighted to introduce another guest who is a client of mine and who has also become a friend. So Vicky Weinberg helps people create and sell their products on Amazon. She used to make products herself and has moved over to actually helping other people. So first of all, welcome, Vicky. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. You're very welcome. So can you explain, first of all, exactly what it is that you do? So I think you summarized it really well there, Marie, by the way. But um, what I do is I help people who either have an idea for a product they'd like to create and sell, but just, you know, don't know how to go about it. And then I also help people who want to sell their products on Amazon. And I'm particularly interested in helping people who are just starting out. So people who maybe want to sell their products on Amazon, but don't know how to do it, or perhaps people who've had a go, they've, they've got on there, but they're thinking, actually, I think I could be doing better than I am um, and want a bit of help and advice. And what kind of products do these tend to be? I'll be really honest, they're so wide ranging, which is one of the things that I love. So I work with authors, I work with companies selling beauty products, hair products, supplements, toys. It's it's a really wide range and I, I that's something that I really enjoy. Um, I deliberately haven't niched working with one particular part of business business partly because I want to help as many people as possible and secondly because I just find it so fascinating like all the different products that I come across. Well and obviously Amazon sells so many different products it's uh, quite amazing Um, and can you explain exactly how you got started with this I know that obviously you made your own products or you designed your own products originally. Yeah so I'll start there if that's okay so about I think it was probably around six years ago now, maybe just over, I launched my own brand of bamboo baby products. And this was after I'd had my second child. Um, I wasn't working at that time because prior to that, I had been teaching children and baby yoga. And that was something I just physically couldn't do at the end of my pregnancy. And then when I had the newborn, um, I was looking for something to do that wasn't going to be sort of dependent on me working set hours or sort of beholden to anybody else's schedule. Um, And I happened to listen to another podcast where there were people on there talking about selling their, and ironically, it was bamboo, bamboo yoga mats, I think it was. And then that sparked some interest. And I thought, oh, I could do that. Um, You know, what? maybe I can find something. Um, It took me a while to think up product idea um and I ended up creating a range of bamboo baby products partly I think because you know I had a baby so I was in that sort of land of you know needing a lot of stuff for little babies um but also I had learned a lot about bamboo and how beneficial it was and some of the properties and I just thought this is an amazing fabric for babies and there weren't that many affordable bamboo products for babies on the market at that time so I decided I would go into that so yeah so that was six years ago I started that business and alongside doing that I decided to set up a blog and the purpose of that was I just thought people might be interested in what I'm doing. And I did, I, I'll be honest, originally I just thought it might just be my mum and, you know, people, <laughs> friends who are nosy. But I thought, you know, people might generally take an interest in, in what I'm doing. I, I, at that point, didn't know anyone who started doing what I was doing, you know, started, created a 
brand of products. So I thought people might genuinely be interested. So I started a blog and it was literally when I look back, so I've still kept these old blog posts just for prosperity, really. But it's, some of them are a bit rambly. It's just what I'm doing and all the mistakes that I'm making and sort of the journey of my first product coming into the world. Um, but surprisingly, people did read my blog. And I guess sort of inspired a bit by that, I started doing a few more posts on, you know, I was selling on Amazon at the time and I was blogging about things that I was learning about how to use the platform and how to get the most out of it. And then in time, and I would say it took a couple of years, people started contacting me and they were saying, oh, I've read your blog post and I wonder if you could help me with this or answer questions on that. And I was going, you know, happily doing this. And then my husband kept saying to me, you know what, you really should be charging for this because you are spending time. And I was like, no, 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 but I want to help people. And I did, re- i be honest, I did really resist for quite a long time. I, I don't know, I, I kind of felt, I guess, that even though that I never felt like an expert, even yes. though clearly I could help some, you know, I could help someone and I had some expertise. I didn't feel like a subject matter expert and I felt a bit fraudulent charging for it. Um, I can't honestly tell you how or why that changed, but I got to the point where I was like, you know what, maybe it isn't unreasonable to ask people to pay for, you know, picking my brains for an hour on the phone. Um, and so tentatively I started saying, well, yes, I can help you. And this is what I charge. And people paying me and then eventually uh, that became the business it is now yes and I understand that you recently actually sold the last of your products and so you're now completely over on the dark side I'm going to say <laughs> rather than on the product side yeah I did and, and that was quite that it's been a bit of a process really because it was 2020 when I first started thinking about that as an option because well two reasons really one was that my consultancy was getting really busy because lots of businesses that perhaps traditionally been selling it in other places. So whether in shops or predominantly in stalls were suddenly having to put their products online and there were lots of people doing that. Um, so that made me really busy. Um, and at the same time I was having lots of supply issues with my products because the factories that I was working with were starting to shut down. Um, I had been in the process of moving production because my products were made in China. I really wanted them made close to home and I was looking at getting them made in Turkey. Um, those factories also closed and, and people just, you know, disappeared. It felt like people disappeared overnight. Um, and yeah, those two things combined made me think, okay, I'm spending so much more time on the consultancy side of the business helping other people. There's obviously a real need um, and whereby sourcing the products um, and everything was just becoming more of a challenge. There were big shipping delays of containers stuck at ports. Um, the supply was becoming a real issue. And I think it was probably about the end of 2020 when I was like, actually, why do I keep pursuing this one thing that's taking my time away from something I really enjoy, which is consultancy. And, you know, I'm helping more people. And also I launched my podcast, which we'll talk about later, if you don't mind, in 2020 as well. And so that was yet another thing I was doing. And I just came to the realization that I couldn't do it all. Because also throughout all of this, um, like many other people, I was homeschooling and there was just a lot going on. And it took me a long time to realize actually I could make the decision to stop doing something. And And actually, I think that's really brave because especially when it's something that you start out doing, in business a lot of people cling on to that and they cling on to it far longer than they should and possibly never even give it up I think it's very brave to actually say no this is my life is different now and what I'm good at is slightly different now and therefore I don't need to do that that doesn't serve me and 
just because I started there doesn't mean to say I still need to be there. Your business has to adapt as as you adapt. And it's really interesting what you were saying, actually, about um, effectively the imposter syndrome when you first started out advising people on Amazon, because I can only imagine what the back end of Amazon might look like and how many rabbit holes you can fall down with regard to selling on Amazon. And that probably nobody is ever going to know everything. <laughs> it's certainly the same, certainly the same about websites. I don't know everything. I don't pretend to, but nobody knows everything. And therefore you think, because I don't know everything, I, I'm not an expert, but actually all you need to do is to know more than the normal person in order yeah. to be able to help them. That's some advice that I got actually really early on, which really changed my thinking was when someone said to me, and I can't remember who it was, they said, all you need to do is know more than the person you're helping. And as soon as I heard that, I sort of went, oh, okay. And that's true, isn't it? Like you've just said that then as well. It's, it is true. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know how to help the person in front of you. Yeah. It's a bit like homeschooling really, isn't it? <laughs> you yeah. Be able to help your ch- you need to be a little bit better than your child at that subject in order to help them. Sadly, with mine being teens, that they've gone way past me, so I can't help them with very much. But certainly when you've got younger children, the fact that you don't know everything about maths doesn't mean to say that you can't help them with their maths homework. Yeah, that's true. Or the fact that you're not a teacher, you don't have to be a qualified teacher. Um, you, yeah, like you say, you just need to know enough to get the best out of your child and help them through whatever it is they need to yeah. do. Yeah, that's a really good way of thinking about it. Yeah, and it's the same, you know, same for us adults as well. And, and moving from from sort of having a product based business to a consulting business, what were you? What would you say were the different challenges? obviously your client base is quite different in in moving between those two what were the different challenges and skills that you needed to to move from one to the other I guess when I was solely running a product business um I felt like more work really with that if I'm honest goes went in at the front end so developing the products sourcing the products writing product listings getting photography once the products were listed and they were selling and that in itself takes a bit of work to get the products sort of starting to sell but by the time ironically by 2020 when I was deciding okay maybe I'm going to stop doing this particularly on Amazon my products were selling really well I didn't pay for any advertising um, because I'd built up sales history and reviews and my products just sold Um, especially I think two things other things helped that as well one was that amazon were restricting sellers sending in stock of certain product categories but baby items were allowed um because of the influx of people wanting to suddenly start selling there and also i guess you know babies were being still being born having birthdays you know Mm. this was still happening so people there was still demand for my products um so that was really good and because of the way i had you know by this point how many years on i was five years maybe um had everything sort of running really smoothly so I had a fulfillment center I some of my orders were fulfilled by Amazon I was selling on different marketplaces but I had one fulfillment center to manage it all so day to day I couldn't I wouldn't say you can forget about it you can't because you still have to do your marketing and there's still you know keep on top of stock and there's still things to do mm. but I could take a couple of days off if I were having a particularly busy day with the consultancy I could go do you know what this can wait unless it was sort of dealing with a customer query or something um there was nothing that was really time critical very rarely was something time critical whereas with my consultancy which is more of a service business um obviously i'm working more to deadlines because people need things doing by a certain time um if i get emails or questions from people i do try and respond in a timely 
manner because people need answers. Um, I am, you know, I'm, I'm actually having sort of meetings and phone calls with people, not meetings, but, you know, I'm having Zoom calls with people. So that's obviously time. Um, and I guess, I guess the main difference is I feel like this role for me, I'm working more of a traditional day job. If, yeah. Whereas with my product business, especially when I started and I had really young children, I, you know, I could be doing things anytime and it really didn't matter because my suppliers were in a different country and there was no sort of, I didn't have to be on the computer at a certain time. So I guess that's the main thing is that it's been more challenging to work. I guess it's, yeah, the work-life balance aspect has been a little bit more challenging than when I had a product business solely. Yeah, I can I can certainly see that, and it's interesting because people often move the other way. But I know that you're. It's, it's not just one to one work that you you do, but you also have courses as well, which I guess helps with that. Yes, it does, and also you know I some of to be really honest, some of the way the world's going now, some of the clients that I work with, um, we're working fully remotely. So there were some people that I've worked with that I've never actually spoke to on the phone because everything's been done via email because that's their preference. I'm always happy to speak to people. It's you know, but I kind of led with what people want. So um, there is yeah. that as well. Um, yeah, it is different, and I also I should say as well, I don't rule out selling products again at some point in the future because I'm so interested in it and I love it and I have got a few ideas up my sleeve it's just that now probably isn't the right time yeah and you've always invested in learning things in your business can you maybe explain a few of the investments that you've made in your business and the particularly good investments and what what is a good investment for you in your business I guess for me, a good investment is something that takes, well, there's two kinds of investments, I guess. Um, So one kind of investment that's worked out really well for me is finding someone else who can do something for me um, so I don't have to do it, particularly when it's not in my area of expertise or where I don't need to be doing it. So I I mentioned earlier that with my products business, I had a fulfillment center who managed sending out all packing and sending out all my orders. I didn't at first, at first that was something I did do myself. Um, but once I moved to having someone else do that for me, particularly once I was, I think I had about 20 SKUs in the end, I had loads of different product lines. Having someone else manage that for all the marketplaces was like, was literally was life-changing because it was just dealt with. It was, it was funny. It's like, it's just a real peace of mind in knowing that someone else is taking care of something for you. Also, I wasn't very good at it. I mean, anyone who's ever received a present from me can tell you I'm not great at wrapping and making things look nice. Um, they were. So it made total sense. And I was really happy to pay them, you know, to outsource that because it's just not, I didn't feel like I was adding any value there at all. Um, and the same goes for other parts of my business. So for example, I invest in an accountant to help me with, keeping on track of things there because that's not what again it's not one of my skills the money side of things is isn't one of my strong points um and also I'm, I don't know whether I'm a bit of an anxious person but also I really like to feel like I'm compliant and I'm doing the right things and I really like having someone to say to me okay you need to submit this by this date or we're going to do this for you by then because it gives me again peace of mind everything's okay um and then I also have a bit of admin assistance as well particularly um around my podcast and sort of getting that out into the world because again it was something that was taking a lot of time 
And when I sat down and thought about it, I thought, actually, is that, is my time best spent, um, uploading my podcast to various platforms or is it actually speaking, having interviews with guests, um, you know, doing the social media post, helping clients, you know, there's, there's always up, there's always so many things as a business owner you can be doing. Um, and I guess I've always tried to invest in things where it doesn't have to be me that does it because there are things in all of our businesses that have to be us. Um, so if, if someone books an hour's call with me, that's always going to be me. Um, but then if you come on my podcast as a guest, the person who sends you the email with the sort of recording file doesn't have to be me, if you see what I mean. So that's one thing. And then the other area where I've invested is where I need love. Well, it's where I need expertise. So for example, I asked you to help me with my website, Marie. So you built my new website for me because while I probably... Well, I had built every website I had previously and they were adequate. I got to the point in my business where I was like, I actually want something professional. And again, I want that peace of mind that I'm going to get a website that works, that's like a good journey for the customer, that looks good and works and all, all of the things. And I just, I think when you start out in a business, you can, I certainly started out with the mentality that I didn't want to spend money and I wanted to do everything myself. Um, and I think, I think and I had to as well. There. I didn't have the money. Um, and so for years I was sort of, yeah, you know, using website builders and building my own site. But then I did come to the point where I knew I wanted something. I knew I wanted to invest. And, and yeah, and that's why I came to you and said, please build me a lovely website. Yeah, and I want to come back to that, actually. So, <laughs> um, But one of the other investments I know that you made recently was in rebranding your business. And can you explain a little bit about that? Um, because I know that obviously led on to a second rebrand of the website. But can you explain a little bit about why you invested in, in the rebranding and, and what that's brought? Um, so from this, I'll be honest as well, again, originally the brand, I didn't have any sort of proper branding. It, it was all sort of DIY again, um, you know, I'll pick some fonts, some colors and try and be consistent, but wasn't really um, trying to do everything myself again. And like the website, I think the website and the branding. And at the same time, I also had some professional headshots taken within a few months of each other. So it was quite a lot in terms of outlay, but I kind of got to the point in my business where I, I was starting to see myself as an expert. I am an ex. I know I'm an expert. I started to feel like, okay, this is a business. So for a long time, I don't know what, I just sort of saw myself as like a freelancer or a, I don't know. I didn't see myself as a business and a business owner. And then I decided actually, no, I am. I am an expert. I'm, I'm getting great results. People who work with me, I'm getting brilliant feedback. Um, and I do know a lot and I kind of wanted to rebrand to reflect that. Um, I felt like I wanted something more professional, like again, like the websites, they played into that as well. I wanted something professional um, because I am professional and I didn't feel like I was portraying myself that way so that's what led to yeah all three of those things which tied together really nicely was I just felt like yeah it's time for me to yeah it's time for me to kind of own the fact that I am a business owner and I'm an expert and yeah and also represent a bit more of me because my previous branding in particular I didn't feel reflected me very well either Mm. it was very similar to the branding I basically had some branding done for my baby product business which I did love and then when I started the consultancy 
I pretty much just copied the colours and things from that yeah. because which isn't very original, is it? And I, in a way, I don't think that was a bad thing. So I did want there to be some sort of correlation so that between the businesses. But then again, I was letting go of that products business, and I just felt it was time for a clean slate. Yeah, and I certainly think you've you know you've levelled up in terms of your image by going down the route of of having that new branding and your gorgeous new photos um, taken as well, which which very much tie into that. And then obviously the website bringing it all together. Have you noticed, I know it wasn't very long ago, but have you noticed any impact of having that done? Um, I do think that, I think one impact is that I feel like people well one thing is i know some more people are going to my website which is great um possibly because i'm promoting it more possibly because of the work that we've put in i think it's probably a combination of the fact i'm promoting it more because i'm proud of it because it looks great and that Um, in itself is actually a a big step and i noticed that with a lot of my clients that when you're proud of something and your own image rather than either embarrassed or maybe just you know sort of on the edge not quite sure about it then you do promote it more and that in itself does make a, a big impact. But yeah, go ahead. And then I think the work that you've done, you know, it's, it, I think also more people are just finding it in general. So there's that. Um, and I just also think it gives people a much clearer sense of who I am and what I do as well. Um, yeah, so that's another thing. I often get people, when I get people contacting me now, um, I feel like I'm, get, I'm probably attracting more of the people that I can help and that want to work from me because I think it's so much clearer who I am and what I do and who I can help yeah. and what I offer. So I think that's, so what I mean by that is I would sometimes get people approaching me and asking me to help them with things that either I didn't do, sometimes because I didn't want to do, but I think, you know, you know, sometimes you, you possibly have the same really. You get people contacting you and they say, oh, can you help me with this? And you think, well, I can help you with that, but that's not actually what I do. I don't seem to get much of that now because I think my website makes it really clear these are the things that I offer. Um, so when someone contacts me and says, can you help? I would say now, yes, absolutely, because they've seen the site, they've seen what I do. And they realise, because I think before, sometimes people contact me to do things on Amazon that I would... Con- consider more that we've how do I say this they were asking me to do things and I sometimes would go back to people and say do you know what I could help you with this but it would actually be cheaper for you probably to find somebody else to do it mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah um because they were sometimes some of the tasks they wanted to do and yeah I could, I could do it but given my rates compared to perhaps getting a VA who specializes in product business or, or selling on Amazon or, or whatever. Um, I actually think I would have been too expensive possibly for that person. And I don't feel comfortable with that. So I would much rather say to them, well, actually yeah. you could find somebody different. Whereas that doesn't seem to happen now because I think I have really laid out what I do and the value that I can add. Yeah. I definitely I think I certainly think it's very clear and it's interesting that that's coming through in terms of the people approaching you because I always think the best websites and other forms of marketing are a bit like Marmite in that people should land on your website or see your marketing and either yes that's for me or no that person can't isn't the right person to help me because of whatever reason you don't need to attract everybody no and actually I do know that I probably do repel people if that's the right way of saying it because I had someone that I invited onto my podcast who then contacted me afterwards and she said I'm really sorry I'm not going to come on your podcast because I've seen that you help people sell on Amazon and I really disagree with Amazon and I know everything it stands for which is very polite about it by the way um and I said fine I completely understand because it isn't for everyone and 
I, you know, you know, I'm a big supporter of small businesses. Um, I just see it as another way of small businesses making sales if it's right for them. Um, but in a way, I think it was good that she saw my website and went, do you know what? I don't think she's the person for me because how much worse would it have been if she'd booked a podcast interview and we were chatting and then she was like, oh, I didn't know you did that. And now I feel really uncomfortable. And do you know what I mean? Yes. I feel like, yeah, it was actually good that she was able to, to get a really good sense of who I was and say actually no because she was worried because she worked with independent businesses she said oh I'm a bit worried that if I do this podcast that they'll think I'm being disingenuous but I and I think that was really good for us both to be honest about that so that was good too. So we've touched on your podcast quite a few few times um can tell us about your podcast and, and what it is and um and who should listen to it. Oh thank you so yeah my podcast is so what in a nutshell, I speak to small businesses selling products. So sometimes they're solely products business, but sometimes I speak to service businesses who also sell a product because I think it's really nice to demonstrate that while you might be offering a service, there could be a really good complementary product alongside that. And I speak to experts who can help those people. So Marie, you've been on my podcast, for example, talking about building a website to sell your products. And I've had people on talking about all kinds of things from social media to logistics all all kinds of things um and the aim of the podcast is to provide to share for a couple of things really one to share small business stories because I found it's like I'm an avid podcast listener and when I started my podcast I found that all of the business podcasts tended to focus on big business um which for a really small business or someone perhaps just starting out it's not very relatable yeah um, and I wanted to share small business stories that would be relatable. Um, so people who perhaps aren't much further ahead of where you are currently. Um, and I also asked my guests to share their advice and things they've learned, things they'd like to impart to others. So I think it's quite inspirational and useful. And um, yeah, and so who should listen to it? I guess if you are a products business or you're interested in selling products, um, I honestly think you would get something from it because everyone I speak to, you know, I, I speak to people selling all kinds of different things and they've all got really different experiences, um, as you'd expect. Um, but every single person I speak to has some something really useful to share. And yeah. I definitely learn something from everyone I speak to. So I am convinced other businesses will too. No, absolutely. I think it's a great podcast. And do you want to share the name of it so people know where to oh, yeah, find you? <laughs> it's called Bring Your Product Idea to Life. And you can find it everywhere you listen to podcasts. Absolutely. And also, as somebody that I, I don't work with many product-based businesses, but I find it actually very interesting to hear their stories and also, like you say, the other experts that you have on. And how do you how do you generally how do clients generally find you how do they first of all find you and then also how do they decide they're going to work with you to what extent do your pod I guess your podcast and and social media etc feed into that it's hard to say with the podcast because people don't always tell you that they listen to your podcast so sometimes I'll be working with someone for quite a while and they'll say oh yeah and I listen to your podcast um some but I do know that people find me via the podcast I actually think a lot of my social media following come via the podcast because quite often someone will start following me on Instagram because that's the channel I'm most active and then maybe they'll dm me at some point and say oh could you 
help me. Um, and quite often they'll work into conversation. Oh, I've listened to your podcast or I've listened to this episode. Um, I'm, I'll be really honest. I'm not great at tracking where people come from. Um, sometimes I remember to ask people, but a lot of the time I don't, just being really honest. Um, I can see when I get queries via my website because they come from the website and I do get people contact me directly from the website. Um, but then I also get people who will go to the website, see my email address and email me. So, um, yeah, I, it's hard. Yeah. And I also get a lot of recommendations. That's something else I'll mention as I do also get recommended from businesses because obviously business owners tend to know other business owners. So I would say big, a chunk of my clients come from word of mouth as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's really important to track where your clients are coming from, but I also get how difficult it is because a lot of times people will have several touch points so they might have originally found you somewhere like your podcast and then followed you for ages on social media and looked at your website and the combination of the three is what has led them to becoming a client rather than one of those on their own and that's that's quite difficult to untangle and quite difficult to track yeah and also I feel like doing what I do while I do help people with the beginning of their product creation journeys that is something I do a lot of people come to me at the point when they want to start selling on Amazon um, or when they've been selling on there for a while and then they realize that actually they need a bit of help so they might have been aware of me and following me for a while but they don't actually get in touch until they need me um and yeah, like you say, that can be months down the line, can't it? I'm sure you find the same, you know, people follow you and then, well, I did the same. I, I knew you and I knew of you for a long time, but I didn't actually reach out to you until the point at which I needed a new website. So yeah, I think that does make it really tricky. Yeah, I've, I've spoken quite recently actually on my Instagram about, and I haven't quite named them this, but the sort of secret stalkers. And I've had a couple recently who've reached out to me and said they've been following me for months, years, um, before actually reaching out and and you have to be aware of that and sometimes it can feel di- really difficult because you might think that you're putting out really great quality content and you're just not getting the feedback from it you're not getting the client but it's a long game this business and it will eventually come as long as you're doing the right things and as I say it's quite interesting that I've had a, f- a few particularly recently who all seem to have come along at once who've been following me for ages but you know that's that's the way it goes um I wanted to, you do a lot. Um, you've obviously run, you run your product-based business. You're now doing uh, your consultancy and services um, on Amazon. I know you're training for a marathon and you've got a, a young family as well. And that's, you know, a lot of people who listen to this podcast are in a similar position. They've got certainly the caring responsibilities together with, with um, setting up and or running a, a business. Um, how, do you, how do you manage it all? And, and what advice can you give for people who are in a similar kind of situation? Um, how do I manage it all? I get up early, which I know probably isn't for everyone, but I do get up early. Um, and especially good, like with my running, because you met, yeah, I'm training for the marathon. Well, I'm not, I'm not officially training yet because you start a bit further, a bit closer, but I am trying to sort of increase my running. And I tend to just get up and do that really early until it's done. Um, so it doesn't sort of interfere with the rest of my day. And I've done that sort of, that was something else I did when I have like a big goal or big project, that is something that works for me. And I know it doesn't work for everyone. For some people, it might be better sort of when everyone's gone to bed or another time. But I find when I have like a big goal, it kind of suits me better to block some time out. And for me, it's the morning. So when I was launching the podcast, for example, I did the same thing. I would be up early in the morning and I might spend half an hour 
working on an aspect of that just so it was done and then I felt like I could you know the kids would then get up and then I could get on with the rest of the day but I'd made progress towards that big goal so that's one thing that I do like I say won't work for everyone um I have to be really good at managing my time so I only take calls on certain days of the week I only have podcast interviews on certain days of the week this is something that I didn't always do I think a lot like a lot of us you just learn from fine you know from doing and finding out what works for you and what doesn't but for me it suits me to have days where I don't have calls it suits me to only do my podcast interviews on certain days and um, batching tasks really works for me so at the moment I'm going through a season of recording lots of episodes and then I'll have some time where I'm focusing just on editing because for me switching between tasks doesn't work as well as saying okay I'm going to have a full day where I'm going to do this thing um I'm really big on scheduling I mean yes things change but I do try and plan a lot so I do like on a so today's Friday so I will later today be planning out next week and okay looking at my calendar and saying okay well I've only got a few hours on Tuesday because I've got so many calls so I can only do this and if you see what I mean sort of being realistic about what I can and can't do um and then I guess as well I'm fairly flexible so I do and I don't know whether this is to do with the time management or just me but I do think I probably under promise and over deliver so I would rather say to somebody I'll get this done for you by Wednesday and have it done on Monday yeah than the other way around um and I'm quite I'm very honest about when I can do something and so if someone comes to me and and wants to a new client wants to work with me I'm very honest about okay I can work with you but I can't start for a week or whatever it may be um I'm not I'm not embarrassed to do that I don't if someone says okay well actually that doesn't work for me then fine they're obviously not for me I'm quite strict about I only do calls within the hours the kids are at school I mean unless you know we're homeschooling or something like that but generally I try not I try to do calls within school hours. I can be flexible and I will be flexible, but as a rule, I try and do that because I want to, you know, it doesn't mean I can't do a bit of work in the evenings, but I, you know, if I'm not on the phone, at least if someone needs me, I'm there. Um, yeah, it's it's always a bit of a of a juggle and I definitely don't think I know all the answers and some weeks I feel like I'm, you know, I don't stop from the minute I get up until... I mean, I go to bed or the kids go to bed, actually. Um, And then other weeks, it's a bit quieter and it's a bit more flexible. And I think that's kind of the nature of working for yourself as well. So those weeks when I'm super busy, I try and be really thankful for it because I know that possibly a couple of weeks down the line, I'm going to have one where I'm thinking, where is everybody? Why does nobody need me this week? And then, and you know, I, I don't know whether you find the same, Marie, but I'm definitely fine that it seems to sort of go in waves. Um, definitely there's no like steady flow (laughs) so I yeah I try and you know the weeks when it's really busy be thankful for that and the weeks when it's quieter think okay what what's that thing on my to-do list that just hasn't made it to the top yet let's get that done while we've got some time and I think yeah I think having that sort of approach has helped me quite a lot and like I say I didn't always have that yeah and I actually sort of uh you've said a lot there which is which is brilliant um I think that one of the things that I take away from that is the being realistic which is something that I think we're very good at not doing and that we think that we can achieve so much in a short period of time and actually with the following wind we can do that but that's that's at our, our very best and we're well certainly I'm very good at beating myself up about the things that I haven't got done and actually if you're much more realistic in the first place and get that done and then you can 
you can achieve more um and, you know and being realistic with clients as well ab- absolutely um and i'm the same as you that i usually have some kind of a lead time on doing websites because i can't do <clears throat> six or eight websites at once i just can't so um it, you've, you've got to give people realistic um, expectations as to when you're going to be able to do something. Um, this has all been amazing, um, brilliant. Before I get on to the last couple of questions, which are very quick, um, can you let us know where people can find you? So you can find me on my website, which is vickyweinberg.com. Um, should I spell that, Marie? <laughs> yes, go, please so do. I will put it in the show notes anyway. So it's V I C K I for indigo, W E I N for November, B E R G dot com. Um, just in case you don't know how to spell either of those, because there's so many ways you could spell Vicky and Weinberg. Um, so I'm also on Instagram on Vicky Weinberg UK. I have a free Facebook group for product businesses called the Product Creators Club, which you can find, well, you can find it on Facebook, but I'm through the show notes for this as well or you can get there via my website um and i should mention that on my own website i've got so many free resources that might be useful so um as well as you know being able to work with me i also have a blog and a podcast and lots of free downloads as well that might be helpful so go do go take a look and see if there's anything that you might need brilliant that's that's really helpful thank you so um last couple of quick fire questions first of all i know you said you're an avid podcast listener and other than your own podcast and of course this podcast which other podcasts can you recommend oh that's really hard do they have to be business podcasts no no any kind of podcast okay so my one of my favorites is office ladies so it's with um, Angela Kinsey and Jenna Fisher who played Pam and Angela in the American office which is one of my favorite shows of all time and they have a weekly podcast where they break down episodes I love that I also love Parenting Hell which is like a comedy podcast about well parenting um what else do I like oh I like I like lots people can contact me and I'll give you I'll give them a big list of things I'd recommend because yeah I I love podcasts oh, brilliant and what about um is there a business book that you have as a favorite Yes. And I'm, I've just, I thought about this a lot because I'm thinking that possibly the same sort of books. When people ask this question, I often see the same books getting mentioned. So I am going to plug a different book that I haven't heard anyone talk about, but I really liked, which is called So You Want to Start a Podcast by Kristen Meinzer. And I found this book really helpful when I was starting my podcast because it basically talked you through what you need to do to start a podcast, but it was just the right level of detail. So it was enough. I felt like I could work through it, but it wasn't so much that it was overwhelming. I found it a really, really useful book. And so if anyone was looking to start a podcast, I think it's definitely worth a read. And I never see that book get plugged, but I think it should. I, I've never heard of it either. So I'm actually going to go and um, uh, search it out <laughs> after this. And uh, very finally, um, a top tip, tip of um top piece of business advice for anybody who was either starting out or a, a year or two into their business journey okay i think this piece of advice work applies to everyone and it's something i forgot to say earlier when i was talking about fitting things in and i would say i think it's really important to get good at prioritizing because i think it can be really easy to um either to put off the important things and maybe procrastinate by doing, you know, there's so many busy work things we could do to put off doing the thing we need to do. Um, but I would say that, you know, life happens, especially if you have caring responsibilities or another job or whatever it is, um, things can happen. And I, I personally think that if you can prioritize, so you know that every day you're doing the thing that really needs to happen. If the rest of the day just goes completely wrong, well, at least you've done 
that thing. But um, I've certainly had the experience where I've kicked myself because I've spent the morning replying to emails or, you know, posting on Pinterest. And then, you know, one of the kids is ill and I think, oh, and I was meant to do that thing this afternoon. And did you know what I mean? I yeah. didn't. And then that kind of, yeah. So my best advice would be to prioritize and do the important thing. Even if, you know, you've got a massive list, do the thing that's more important. Brilliant. That is very good advice, actually. Something that we should all listen to. Well, that's been enormously helpful, Vicky. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed our conversation this morning and um, hopefully everybody will get an awful lot out of that. I think it's been jam-packed full of of advice for anybody, whether they're starting out or whether they're a year or two into their journey. So thank you ever so much. Well, thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. And I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. That makes a massive difference as to whether Apple shows my podcasts more widely. And head over to my website, beyondthekitchentable.co.uk, where you can find all the ways you can work with me, whether you're just starting out, looking to grow your business, or scaling it. And see you next week.